everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love parents making horrible sacrifices for children, uh, and then we spend way too much time on a stupid plot involving toys just to kick everything off. There's, Matt, don't. There's nothing. There's, there's, this episode, it grinds my gears. I'm I'm rankled. You can consider me rankled by this episode. Okay, this is this, I mean, this, this at the very least. At the very least. Hi, hello. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash The Simpsons Show for only two dollars a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Five dollars a month. Gain access to that much, much more. It's the best deal in podcasting. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'll say it a thousand times. Uh, it, it helps us a lot. So we encourage everyone to go check it out. You can uh, support us for less than a less than a price of. A, I I know everyone says it less than a cup of coffee. It's less than a, a, a drink at Starbucks or wherever you get your coffee. Uh, this week's episode is Lisa Simpson. This isn't your life. Episode MABF twenty originally aired November fourteenth, two thousand and ten. Written by Joel H Cohen. Directed by Matthew Nastic. Received a five rating with eight point eight million viewers. The couch gag: The Simpsons rush in and sit on the couch as normal. Lance Murdoch jumps his motorcycle over the family and crashes through the doorway into the backyard. Not bad. Not a bad couch gag. I mean, it's definitely better than the rest of the episode. I, I, it's not a high bar to clear, Matt, but it, it <laughs> it's does really not. But it does do it. I'll give it that. Okay, it does clear that very low bar. <sighs> this episode, I'm going to say it right off front, off the front, Matt. This episode is a trick. Okay, it's one of those episodes that tries to trick you, make you believe that it's about something. But it's not. It's about nothing. This episode is, it It feels like this episode has brain damage. Because no one does any, no, no one's behavior from one scene to the next is consistent. It does, like, everyone behaves, in every scene, they behave independently from what they did in other scenes in this episode. They are, it's just a collection of scenes. Sometimes they happen to work together. Most of the time they don't. And it's very frustrating when, and it, what it also, this is the one thing, that's why I call it a trick is that it, it pretends, especially at the end is like, Oh, look at this lesson. Isn't this sweet? I'm like, this no, is not really. No, it does. You're not. You didn't. This, I watched the whole episode, man. I know you didn't do anything. You just had a bunch of stuff in it. The Nelson Bart stuff is, is the only actually cohesive stuff in this episode. It's simple as heck, but it is the only cohesive story in this episode. The only one. It takes up less than it takes like four minutes of time, but at least it makes sense. Speaking of not making sense, we get itchy and scratchy to start with. No other purpose for this other than it uh, is a segue into we get uh, probably five inciting incidents in this first four minutes, Matt. The lead to nothing because we have itchy and scratchy. We have an itchy and scratchy cartoon, and I really this is, I give you guys a quick little insight into Matt's psyche, where uh, you watch the episode and it's, it, it is a basketball itchy and scratchy. They're playing basketball. Matt goes itchy and scratchy with sports. Matt's, Matt's I didn't pay attention. I just saw a ball flying around. Literally, that is what I'm saying, Matt. Like, literally, you're just like, sports, do not compute. I didn't say do not compute. I said I do not care. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Basketball. It's a basketball short with HJ Scratchy. It's fine. Uh, but this segues directly into Krusty talking about 
Happy Little Elves toys, but they're giving away gas stations, Texan gas stations, and Maggie wants the last of these toys. They're, she's missing one out of her set. You would go, she's a baby. She wouldn't know any better. And I would go, this is not even, that's not even like the 10th craziest, dumbest thing that happens in this episode. Uh, they drive. And you'd also ask Robbie, what does this have to do with the rest of the episode? Nothing. Literally nothing. It's just a, it's just an ex- it feels time. It's not funny. Matt, did you laugh at this episode? I'll ask right away. Did you laugh at anything? Not even a little bit. I can't. I'm, I, this episode was not only bad, it was also boring. So my attention kept wavering. I liked, uh, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. I did like, I think, smile at one or two of the Bart Nelson interactions. That's what I'll say. I smiled yeah. at them. I didn't laugh, but I went, ah, I did that kind of thing. Um, that it's very that's the B plot technically is the Bart Nelson stuff. It's very short. Really takes like four minutes. Um, you know what else takes four minutes? This intro because we they, they the Simpsons then rapid fire go to this gas station, the last gas station nearby that is giving that has these toys. They are only giving away these toys be, for those who get ten dollars worth of gasoline. You would think in two thousand ten that wouldn't you'd get a lot of toys because gas was very expensive. Um, I I don't. We get four minutes of this, Matt. I'm a, I clocked it. Four minutes oh, of... Four minutes. Good God. It takes a long time. Homer stops, gets gas, tries to get a toy. You don't get the toys you want. They're all blind box toys. Uh, and then we get a montage of Homer wasting, buying more gas so he get more acts to try and get more blind boxes to try and get the specific toy that Maggie wants. Wasting gas, driving the car around, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of gags. None of them are funny. Four minutes of nothing. None of this matters anyway. It's not does not inter- important to the plot. It's not hilarious. It's very tiresome. And the entire time, Matt, I'm screaming like eBay existed in 2010. eBay existed. And also, you can just save the gas. Just get a tank and fill up the tank. That way you're not just wasting it. Ugh. I, like, it's just, oh, I want a blind box toy. I'm like, well, you go on eBay. You, 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 pay, a, 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 you, you, pay, a, you pay a little bit more than you would. But you get the one thing you want. I don't. Maybe Homer's not experienced in the blind box toys and trying to collect every Futurama one. But that's the answer, Homer. You go on eBay. Um, they th- we finally get to like the kernel of the a plot of this map. It takes four minutes. We eventually get there. They are driving back home through. This is this Springfield still. I mean, I assume. I mean, Marge went to Springfield High School, so yeah, just I assume it's across the city. But they see McDonald's. There's a McDonald's. They literally we see a McDonald's, not a McDonald's, not an off-brand thing either. It says McDonald's, normal logo, everything. Maybe they just forgot. I mean, so Springfield across across town in Springfield, there are McDonald's. There's normal, real life fast. Food. Okay, whatever. I don't know if they thought about this whatsoever or they just threw it in there. They probably just threw it in there. So they drive through Marge's old neighborhood where she grew up and they see Marge's house where she grew up in um, for the first time ever, <laughs> I guess, with the kids. Like, have they've never gone back by it? Ever? I mean, her grandparents or the kids' grandparents don't live there. Mark's parents don't live there anymore. So I could see why they would not see it. And it seems to be far enough away because they had to drive a long way to get to the gas station. But still. But it's still it's, Springfield. It's a little tough. It doesn't. Again, none of this. Your your mind immediately goes, what do you mean? What, what, is, what do you mean? They, they for the regardless. 
They see Marge's old house. They stop, and they're greeted by the, the lady who lives there. I know what you folks are here for. Rabbits. I just killed this one because it stopped being cute. We're not here for a rabbit. I used to live in this house as a girl. I live in it now as a woman. Hey, you want to come on in? Take a look around? Oh, I'd love to if it's not an imposition. Well, as long as we don't have to feed this one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her no deal. Everything's just the way I remember it. You see that mirror? I discovered that if I sat in the kitchen, I could see if the bathroom was free using the reflection from the mirror off the toaster. <laughs> this was my bedroom. <gasps> my bedpost smooshers are still on the carpet. <laughs> I want to go read books in the car. There are no books in the car. I just want to sit in the car. I always wondered who Marge is. <gasps> My memorables! Over the years, I've sure been tempted to go through this stuff. So I did, many times. My whole childhood is in this box. My scrunchies. I never really had the hair for these. Wow, Mom, you got first place in the science fair. Now oh, that's ancient history. Oh, here's my paper on ancient history! Mom, these grades are amazing, just as good as mine. But then you wound up like you. <sighs> okay. Okay, lots of things are wrong with this. <laughs> who is this woman who just killed a rabbit and offers it to random people who stopped at her house? What? <laughs> can't swear, but I don't I am so confused. I, Matt, again, like you're again, it it's never mentioned again. It's just, oh, there's a weird lady who lives in Marge's old house. And you're immediately like, wait a minute. Okay. If that's, like, you could excuse that. Like, oh, they just thought it was funny. So they were over dead. They had this a weird, creepy lady who lives in there. And they just wanted to use an excuse to write some weird jokes. Okay. But then, why, like, Marge is like, oh, there was a mirror in this, like, did this lady just buy the house with all the furniture still in it? And just left everything the way it was? Or, at the very least, they just left crap in the attic because that happens a lot, I've come to find out, when looking for houses that, oh, yeah, uh, the, the old owner moved out, but there's still a whole bunch of their crap left around. Like, what in the world? I, I, yes, I'm not saying that Marge wouldn't have, they wouldn't have left Marge's stuff behind, Matt, but this is Marge's stuff as a child. Uh, you, you know what you do when you move into a house and there's some crap from the old owner? You throw it away. You immediately put it in a dumpster. <laughs> you don't even, you don't touch it. You don't look at it. You're just like, trash. They obviously didn't want it anymore. Goodbye. I don't want it anymore. I want it out of my house. Um, but again, like, and this is all of this, all of this, man, is to get so that Lisa sees that Marge used to be a good student. That's all this is. Takes we know that. Takes Lisa's six. found this ever. Why can't Why can't they find this in their own attic? Oh, Marge finds some of her papers. They're at Marge's mom's house, who is still alive. <laughs> why do they have to... Six minutes <sighs> to get here. Six, seven minutes to get to Lisa finds some old grades from Marge when she was a kid. And this kicks off everything. And... This is the, the 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 plot writes itself at this point. It's and they've done variations of this multiple times before. If you want to do it again, fine. Okay, that's fine. You, I get it. Don't do the dumbest version of it because it, it writes itself. Oh, Lisa finds out evidence that Marge used to be a very great student and had ambition. Instead, she turned into a, be a housewife and a homemaker. And they've already did they did 
you know, separate vocations. Uh, like that is the template right there for that type of episode. And this is like the stupidest version of it. I can't anymore. Um, they eventually get, I, I, at this point in the notes, I write, what is this? And it, cause I used to, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Uh, we still haven't gotten to a plot yet, by the way, this is just the beginning. This is the inciting incident. We finally got there. Um, this, we cut to, this is the B plot. We're going to get introduced to the B plot, which is at least coherent. Um, the school has kind of been flooded. So everything's very muddy. Uh, Bart surfs through the mud, gets some mud on Nelson. Nelson tries to beat him up, but Bart accidentally knocks him out. Total fluke, knocks him down, makes him bleed. The kids start uh, making fun of Nelson, call him Bart the, the new bully. Uh, Nelson tries to get back at him, slips and falls again, makes the kids laugh at him some more. So now Bart is a, technically, the officially, the lead school bully. He's, he has he's taken control over the schoolyard by accident. Um, he doesn't really want this, though. And he's certainly earned the ire of Nelson. We cut back to the A-plot uh, where... Okay, I'm just going to play the clip and we can figure out what the heck's going on in the end of it. Um, <laughs> where Skinner is, pol- is polishing a trophy case and Lisa comes up to talk to him. Buying those extra trophies from cash-strapped schools really filled out the old case? Principal Skinner, quick question. Is it true my mom was a great student? Oh, indeed. Your mother was as fine a student as you. Keep up the good work and you'll probably wind up just like her. Well, of course that would be great. (laughs) But I see myself making an impact outside the home. (laughs) Lisa, one of the hardest jobs I have is throwing cold water on young children's dreams. Ralph, you're not a kangaroo. (laughs) The point is, I've learned a lot about human nature by sitting in the park with Mother. And one thing I've learned is children turn out like their parents. Behold your future. Oh. Ralph, you're also not a trophy. (laughs) Skinner, I warned you about interacting with students. I don't want to have to yell at you. You yell at me about everything. Well, I can't yell at anyone else. Teachers have a union, students have... Parents. What about Willie? I like Willie. Why does this scene exist, Matt? I feel like they think they need to get Lisa's spirits even further down. But why? That makes no sense. It, They're of, already pretty bad. Of But of all the... Why Skin Like Skinner? He's like... How much of the show is about how Skinner is pathetic? Right? Like, there's so much of Skinner's yeah. character is built into, like, he's a pathetic middle-aged single man, and he's a principal, and he has, like, this is his, he's a principal of an elementary school in a small town. Like, it, you would think that eventually the lesson in this episode would be, like, you're eight, Lisa. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter what your grades are right now. As long as you, like, pass, it doesn't matter your life after you graduate high school and then to college and all that stuff, there's a million variables uh, and good grades doesn't mean much. And you, and also your career ambitions don't really mean much when you're eight and Marge probably thought she wanted something different in her life when she was your age. And then it changed and that's fine. But she has like, Lisa's like, Oh, principal Skinner was Marge a good student. And I'm like, why does how would principal how, okay how old is marge i believe marge is supposed to be almost the same as homer so i think 37 
Yeah, mid thirties. Mid thirties. So she was in elementary school twenty years ago, mm-hmm. thirty years ago, thirty years ago. How old is Skinner? If he's fifty, that he would have been like it, like when you even think about it for just a second. It makes no sense. Why would Skinner know Marge was as how Marge did as an elementary school student? She was one child of thousands over the years. And Skinner is what ten years older than her. He would have been a principal. He wouldn't even. He wasn't even in spring. Like again, they didn't think about any of this. They just have Skinner pull out a picture and like, look, here's Marge. Like this scene doesn't need to exist. It doesn't make any sense. What are you building? They have no idea what they're building. We go to commercial. Eight minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, and sadly, when we come back, um, so Lisa it does her data thing, and she starts plotting Marge's grades through her school years, and she realizes that Marge had great grades up until her senior year of high school. Why? What happened in her senior year of high school? Oh, that's right. I We already know because we've seen dozens of episodes about this, but Lisa looks at... Um, uh, a bunch of pictures of Homer and Marge interacted. Oh, Marge's grades went to crap when Homer came into her life. So disheartened by this, Lisa goes to Homer and asks what happened. Dad, hmm? can I talk to you for a second? What is troubling you, my son? I mean, my girl's son? Well, um, I was looking through Mom's old schoolwork, and I noticed her grades went down when she started going out with you. Hey, if it hadn't been me, it would have been someone or something else. Sooner or later, everyone meets their Homer. No offense, Dad, but no boy is going to distract me from my dreams. It may not be a boy. It could be anything. Scrapbooking, high-stakes poker, or the Santa Fe lifestyle. Just pick a dead end and chill out till you die. No, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to make sure nothing distracts me ever. So Lisa is adamant here, but um, the rest of the world seems to be against her. <laughs> um, at this point, we have to go back real quick to the Nelson and Bart plot, uh, where Nelson tries to beat Bart up again, but accidentally knocks himself out. Uh, this entire plot is, hey, Nelson needs to regain his standing as the school bully, but can't and actually you know, gets knocked out or eventually thrown in a locker. It's, it's, it's dumb, but it, it's, it's there in the background. It is simple, Matt. Mm-hmm. Dead simple, but it is coherent. It is. It is. It is a simple A to B plot. And I will. Uh, normally, for most times, I'd be like, uh, okay, whatever. But the, for living this up, I'm like, oh, good job. Like, it may, I understand it. Like, it's so simple and dumb. I but I understand it. it's very simple. Like, oh yeah, Nelson and Bart, and Nelson wants to keep trying to reclaim his pride, and Bart keeps accidentally beating him, and then like you get it. I don't need, they don't, they can't mess it up, I guess, is the actual answer. Yeah, I guess. I just, so yeah, that's that. Uh, we go back to Lisa. She has decided that she's going to get rid of all of her distractions, including, unfortunately, her saxophone, because she can't think of anyone who ended up famous, rich, and happy because of the saxophone. Because in this episode, Lisa has zero imagination and doesn't know of any of the incredibly famous people that were, you know, great jazz musicians. Even though I can name several, and I don't even care about jazz. Uh, Matt, Whatever. Again, this. I, what did I say? This episode has brain damage. This. What. What does this have to do with Lisa having aspirations beyond high school into being something besides a homemaker? I. I know. I know. 
Nothing. This is not. What is this? Nothing. What does well, having distractions have to do with it? What is well, distractions? Why does it? Well, she, the, the way they're trying to go with this is then, oh, Marge got distracted and that's why she dropped the ball. So Lisa said, oh, I won't be distracted. I won't drop the ball. But it's like, mm, that's not really why. I, but I, I, this does not build to the other thing. This is just random. No, it doesn't. This is a random, this is random acts. This is random scene. Again, why does Lisa throw away this stuff? She doesn't want distractions. Why? why? Because Homer said you, you'll, when you turn 18, you'll get distracted by something, be it a boyfriend or uh, a relationship or poker. You know, it's Homer's jokes, whatever. I don't understand how this, where she throws away her sex. Like, again, the idiot ball. Why mm-hmm. Why are they making a little eight-year-old girl carry the idiot ball to make this plot work? Because they didn't want to spend more time on this plot. There you go. You got there. You got it. You got it, Matt. I finally got yeah, it. I feel like we knew that already, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yes. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Marge sees Lisa get rid of her saxophone because the dog has his head in the saxophone and is bumping into the tree. So she wants to know what exactly is going on here. Uh, so she asks Homer, who now understands, and the conversation does not go well. That's odd. Lisa just threw a saxophone out the window. Oh, that's probably because to her, the saxophone is a me, and she doesn't want to end up like you. Good night. She doesn't want to end up like me? Uh, no, she does. Totally, but uh, with a happier ending. Good night. What's so wrong with me? Nothing, sweetie, nothing. Here, let me explain. She does not want to... Turn out like you didn't, not until diplomatic, trapped, help, remember nothing. I remember everything. Well, if you check your purse, I think you'll find the seven of clubs. No, just a picture of Lisa who wants to be nothing like me. I am so sorry, Marge. So, yes, Marge now knows the stakes of the plot. Sort of, kind of, uh, and she is very upset with, uh, about this. Obviously, because you know anyone who says, "Oh, uh, my child wants to be nothing like me," and I feel like most children or most parents understand. Oh, well, yeah, obviously it's going to happen. Your, your kids don't want to be anything like you. That's that's a natural part of growing up. But this hits Marge extremely hard. I guess Matt, like the, the part of it is the reaction is natural. I guess to a certain extent of Marge. Who's very uh, Marge of all the things this episode understands is oh Marge is earnest right Marge cares about things like this even though you don't really need, should you shouldn't um, but she would care I, I I buy that at least but it's more about the whole way that we have Homer deliver this news in this very hamfisted stupid trying to be jokey way and what is this what this episode's about? I mean, kind of like we'll get to this. The episode is very muddled in terms of what's actually going on here. And then that's what I mean. Like, is this about Lisa? Is this about Marge? I don't think it's a, I don't think an episode can do both. Really. I don't think it, they this episode tries to be both. It ends up being neither. Um, is this episode about Marge being disappointed that Lisa doesn't want to end up being a homemaker? Or is this about Lisa not wanting to be wanting to be something bigger or better than what her parents are? It wants to do both things at once, and it does both poorly. And you are 100% correct. So, 
Uh, moving on, uh, the next morning, Marge is making lunch for everyone very angrily. And eventually, Lisa gets onto this, uh, you know, because Lisa's not stupid. Marge is doing it very angrily. Uh, and they have a talk. Uh, wherein Marge says, what's wrong with my life? And Lisa says, there's nothing wrong with your life for you. I want a different life for me. Hey, look, obviously, uh, that's what happens here. And uh, thankfully, I will say one good thing about this episode, this happens right now. Marge has just found out about this. She goes to Lisa to talk about it, probably because they're the only two female characters. And, you know, they at least drop the idiot ball for once. Uh, But (sighs) Marge is still not super happy with that particular answer. So Marge gives her a cold kiss and a generic lunch uh, rather than an I love you note and uh, her name on her lunch bag. But that is where we go to do the second commercial. Like, ouch, I guess. I, yeah, again, it like has this like, oh, Marge, they have Lisa being aware that her mother gave her like a cold, the cold shoulder effectively. And this is too nuanced for the for this show to handle <laughs> they can't handle this way too nuanced they can't the show simpsons in season 22 cannot handle the emotional nuance and depth it requires for to tell the story of a mother who is resenting her own child because the child doesn't want to be a homemaker when she grows up like that requires like again like subtlety uh and and you know a bill like writing honestly better writing this show just can't handle it they, it, and it can't make it funny. That's this is supposed to be a comedy show. What's funny about that? Nothing. There's nothing funny about this. Um, we come back from commercial at 12 minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, Lisa can't concentrate in school. So we're back to the Lisa part of this. Because this A plot is really two plots. It's Lisa and Marge. Because Marge is upset about Lisa. And Lisa... Like, it's not even focusing on the fact that Lisa doesn't want to be a homemaker. It's like Lisa, like, oh, I got to focus really hard on my academics. Like, that makes a difference. Like, that's, I think, the thing that also, like, really, like, I get confused. I'm like, why are they bringing the academics part of this into this? Does Lisa, like, I I feel like that is the thing they just never resolve. It's like, oh, the reason Marge is a homemaker is because she didn't go to private school and got, like, a lot of attention. Like, what are you talking about? Like what is what is this episode trying to is are this episode believe do the do the people who write the show believe that homemakers their reason they're they're like staying home mom and dads is because they didn't do well enough in school because I feel like it I, it I, never it never refutes that ever no it doesn't and it's just absolutely ridiculous and it just it hurts to see this because it's obviously dumb and I, I don't understand why Marge is upset at this because. I will, we will get to the point. This episode morphs several times, and the next part coming up is that, oh, Marge is not upset about this. She's going to find a way around this to help Lisa. And it's like, Marge, you don't really need to help Lisa. Like, this is the conflict is that, you know, she doesn't want to be like you, and that makes you sad. That's our conflict. But no, the conflict morphs to, hey, how is Marge going to help Lisa with this? And it's like, well, you could just help her by letting her be who she is. You don't have to do anything crazy. Yeah. Like it's, just, it, it's just moaning. It's, uh, you know, moaning Lisa. It's like that kind of very simple. Like yeah. you don't have to go and smile every day at school, things like that. But so we get a long scene here of Lisa trying to concentrate at school, but it's just noisy. So she can't focus. Uh, we get a long scene of Willie throwing his back out, um, and drinking at, at school. And like, I don't know what's going on. 
We have Nelson. Con- we back to the B plot very briefly because Nelson confronts Bart again, but this time accidentally locks himself in a locker. I believe this is the scene where the. I think this is the thing I smiled at, Matt. Oh, I'm just gonna say it because it's Nelson calls. Uh, he talks about. I think this is the scene where he, t- he talks about chicken turds, the hard chicken turds that people eat. And oh yes, eggs. And yeah, Bart right. goes, "Do you mean eggs?" And that got me. I went, "Oh." That's, that's Bart Nelson calling eggs chicken turds. I don't know what it, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just was so desperate for anything after we have Willie yelling is a good excuse. <laughs> yeah, Willie yelling is oh yeah. That's this is does. a joke. It's, Look, it's, Willie's yelling. Isn't that funny? I'm like, oh, no. And Lisa can't know. concentrate, so she's gonna fail and not be a success. Yeah, that's how every all this works. Um, we are now back. We're on the bus. Lisa's still trying to focus, trying to read on the bus. They pull. We have a private school's bus pulls up next to the the school bus. Private. I went. I went to a private school, Matt, when I was a child. You don't. They didn't have buses. Nope, because their kids are spread all the heck over the place. And the parents. This is not complicated. I'm like, I know they don't care. They just. The only joke here is, look, this bus is really fancy. That's the joke. That's what they thought of. They're like, how do we have Lisa be aware that they private schools exist, even though there have been multiple episodes where the Simpsons have gone to private schools. Various kids have gone to private schools. I blink at this point in the show, Mar- uh, both Bart, Lisa, and Maggie have all gone to private schools for certain episodes. But they don't have buses. Uh, peop- if kids are going to private schools, most of the time, uh, the families are wealthy and can afford to have one of the parents just drive the kid to school because they don't have a job or they have a job that has very lenient uh, scheduling. They can just take the kid and pick them up, whatever. Um, the family can't afford, Lisa wants to go to this. It's Cloisters Academy. What a funny name. Isn't that name funny, Matt? Cloisters. Get yeah. It? It's like, you know, monks when they cloister themselves to get away from society. Mm-hmm, Cause it's quiet. It's a quiet, it's the schools are quiet. That's Lisa's. And it's yeah, exactly it nice. I mean, I guess Matt has freakishly large ears, so he can't wear uh, noise canceling headphones. Guys, it's a tragedy. That's correct. Net tragedy in Matt's life. Um, they focus on quiet and silence. It's such a strange thing. Um, but the, the Simpsons obviously can't afford to send Lisa there. You would say, well, they haven't really cared about their budget for fifteen years, and I would say you're right. But we have to do it because the plot says so. Um, <laughs> and they go to talk to the headmaster. And they they can't get in until until Marge takes the headmaster aside, talks to him in private, and then they are told. Lisa is told that they she is in. She's gotten into cloisters. Lisa, your mother convinced me to take a closer look at your record, and upon further reflection, I have decided to offer you a full scholarship to Cloisters Academy. I have a future. Oh, thank you, Mom. Oh, thank you, Four Eyes. So you'll start Monday. I'm so excited. Uh, 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 quiet, campus. Shh. Now please hold your celebration until you're off the school grounds. What time Monday? Um, eight o'clock. Thank you. Oh, I will say that there's no jerk Homer in this, Matt. 
I think that's that is fair. Uh, I was really surprised. I was like, oh, Homer backs up and is still quiet. Wow, that's, multiple, that's more consideration than I normally give multiple, Homer. Every much every scene Homer's in, he's at least tries to be considerate. You know, it's just, he's kind of you know dumb, but he's not a mean. He's not mean, right? I'll give it this episode that. That's the best I can do. Really, we go to our final commercial. Sixteen minutes and twenty nine seconds. And when we come back, we get a very quick datamont. So Lisa goes to school. Uh, the students invite her to their softball team. They don't actually play softball. They just think real hard about softball. Uh, meanwhile, Bart, uh, after Lisa's dropped off, not on the bus, mind you, the fancy bus we saw. No, Marge drops her off. And then Marge drops Homer off. Uh, Bart. Marge drops Bart off at school. And they have a talk about what's going on between Bart and Nelson. What's wrong, sweetie? You seem upset. I don't want to talk about it. The kid at school's gonna beat me up. Is it Milhouse? Milhouse couldn't beat me up. Are you sure? He's having a growth spurt. It's not Milhouse. Is it a girl? It's Nelson. Hmm. I never figured him for the bully type. Well, if he's got you cornered and Milhouse isn't there to help you, there's only one way out. Make him feel good about himself. How do I do that? I don't know. Compliment his glasses. It's not Milhouse. You hear that, Robbie? It's not Milhouse. It's a it's an attempt at a joke. Not... I know it's an attempt. So, meanwhile, back at the new Cloisters Academy, uh, Lisa has a teacher all to herself. Literally, they have one teacher per child. Like, I, I, Robbie, okay. The whole point of this is we find out eventually that Marge is doing the laundry for the entire school. Which mm-hmm. one? The kids' families would be doing their own laundry, uh, but also even then. How much does tuition the school cost? Because you have to have like, does one family pay like eighty grand plus a year, a hundred grand a year to have a, a teacher all to themselves? That's ludicrous. I mean, here, Matt, these schools do exist, but they wouldn't in Springfield. Uh, there's just not enough kids. Like in L.A. or New York, these schools exist. Chicago, big giant cities that have many, many people and many, many rich people, um, but. The, I, it, whatever it doesn't matter no it doesn't matter yeah. like i get this is just, like it's not it doesn't this is nothing about like why is this about a private school that that is like why are we here that is what i mean like when like when you're asking like oh does this and no none of this makes sense there wouldn't be a private school bus they could they they marge doing even if marge was doing the laundry of the entire school that's not enough to pay for 50 grand tuition or whatever it was. Like if that's, if you want to look at it like charitably, like, Oh, this one teacher sees Lisa once in a while. And she actually has a, 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 you know, a bunch of students that she spends one-on-one time with not, I only teach Lisa. Even then Mm -hmm. it's, that's a $30,000 a year school and those schools do exist, but also Marge just doing the laundry would not pay for it. Like, None of this makes any sense if you stop to think about any of these things. It doesn't, none of that, but none of those actual matter either because why are we at a private school? Why is this the thing this plot led to? If this plot is about Lisa not wanting to be a homemaker, about the direction of her life as she grows older, the, the whole, the thing, like, and that's what separate vocations was back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, basically, at this point. It was about how much sway do you have over the, the, the direction of your life as a young child? And should you even, should we be putting this on kids? Like, Oh, decide what you want to be for the rest of your life now. And ultimately separate vacations is like, no, you shouldn't. And no, you can't, it doesn't really matter. Just be a kid, do what you want. 
chase your chase fun chase joy which i think i would assume yeah, have, they w- have fun when you can have fun yeah i would assume that this would just that's i was gonna oh that's what that's what you make this the moral of the episode like if you want to do that same episode every 20 years i'd be like that's fine you can update it you know we're 20 years later there's the world has changed in 20 years but they don't do that they just like you said they morph the story around a bunch of times and doesn't make any sense why are we at a private school what does this have to do with March? What does this have to do with Lisa, for that matter? Lisa mm-hmm. needs... They, they've really... This is what they've equated to. And they never they never refute this, man. They say the the, the reason that March became uh, a homemaker, stay-at-home mom, is because uh, she, got, she got in a relationship with Homer as a high school senior, uh, and it wasn't quiet enough. If she just said some quiet and no distractions, eh, she'd be a college professor. She'd be a lawyer, high, a high-powered lawyer, a doctor or something. No, that's not. Eh, she had kids. Yeah. It's because she didn't have enough quiet. She'd gone to private school. Everything would have changed. I think, like, the Ivy League schooling of most of the, some of these Simpsons writers have destroyed their brains. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It certainly seems like They don't understand. Like, that's not what normal kids and parents care about. Like, <sighs> Just, it's the strangest thing. Like, oh, she's at a private school and whatever. I don't know that. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's crazy. No, this whole episode doesn't make sense. Speaking of which, we're going to go back to the Bart and Lisa, or Bart and no, Nelson plot, uh, where it has finally happened. Bart gets caught outside. Only Nelson is there. And it's time for Bart to get beat up. Uh, so he tries the thing Marge told him about complimenting Nelson. Uh, and he tries to compliment nelson's fashion sense and something else and nelson just uh says oh that's what the social workers say when they don't want to they want you to be happy with being poor but eventually uh bart compliments nelson's punchy and that breaks through nelson's armor i guess and they become fast friends because that's all nelson needed was someone to tell him they liked his punching or something he actually cared about sort of anyway thankfully that plot is mostly over now we go back uh, we find that Marge uh, is up late, super late at night. Lisa creeps down to the basement when she hears the washer going and realizes, oh, uh, Marge is doing the laundry for everyone at the academy so Lisa can go there. She didn't get a scholarship. Marge just offered to basically be a employee. And my best guess is employees, kids get to go there for free because there's no way that the amount of work Marge is doing uh, is valuable enough to pay for the tuition there. This, of course, leads to our uh, reconciliation between Marge and Lisa, with Lisa saying, you don't have to do this. I can find another way to be successful, which, yeah, duh. Mom? I see what happened. There was no scholarship. They said I could attend if you did all their laundry. I can't live with that knowledge while trying to get more knowledge. Lisa, honey, I insist, because it's important to you that you don't turn out like me. Mom, I don't want to go to that school. Why not? Because it's too elitist. Everyone's parents are in the business. What business? I don't know. They won't tell me. And besides, you were willing to do all this just so I would be happy. Mom, I'd be honored if I turned out like you. I mean, so first of all, obviously all those kids' parents are in porn. That's why it's the business, and that's why they won't tell anyone about it. But secondly... It's like this was the message they wanted all along as, as Lisa being happy with who Marge is and, and wanting to be like Marge uh, because Marge has a wonderful personality, even if her path through life was not the one that Lisa would pick for herself. <sighs> but this is just not the way to go about it. This, this is 
asinine. They wrap this up in literally 45 seconds. It's, it's treacle. It's just like, here, here's like a bunch of candy coating to try and make the medicine go down. Um, the, Matt, there is one moment in this episode. I want to pinpoint it. Uh, just call it out because I do. I like it. It is a. It is that kernel of sweetness. It is just a moment. I'm going to try to mention at least something that really that it's the thing I liked most in this entire episode. It's not funny at all, but I do. I did really like it. It's uh, just prior to this. Uh, Lisa is going to bed. You know, happy. You know, she just came back from school that day. She had a great day, and Homer is putting her to bed. And she's like, "Where's mom?" And he's like, "Marge is doing laundry, but she has uh, sworn me in so that I can do good night duty." And Homer, he does like a little salute as he does it, like saying, "Oh, I'm saying good night from your mother," and she let me. She told me to pass it on, and it was. It's like in it in the last ten seconds, but it's very sweet and. It, that and I think it almost accentuates the false sweetness of this weird ending because that moment feels honest. It does really feel like, oh, this is a family. This is nice. This is a dad. Homer being a dad, right, and being sweet to his daughter, and Marge by extension being sweet to her daughter. But and then immediately you get the scene where she, we get a the entire basement is filled with clothing, and it you, again. It doesn't make any sense. They wouldn't have a single person do all the laundry. How does it get there? Like, you, if you stop to think about it for even a moment, you'd be like, well, how does literal tons of clothing get to the Simpsons' house? Tons of clothing. Like, thousands of pounds of clothes. How do you get it there? Like, just think logistically. Oh, you couldn't. It'd have to be a giant truck at best. Like, maybe Marge has a giant U-Haul. I... Like, that, I mean, like, you start to think about it, man. It all falls apart. None of this makes any sense. Well, of course. Also, it would be so much more efficient to get, like, industrial washers and dryers, and Marge just has to, like, go to the school at night. Maybe you could spend a little more time with Lisa following Marge back. It just, like you said, it all falls apart almost immediately. And, and I hate it. And, like, no, of course it doesn't make sense. That part, like logistically, like, no, they would never, none of this would happen. But why is it to this where it's about Marge sacrificing, like doing work in the middle of the night to send Lisa to this private school so that Lisa doesn't end up like a home, end up like her. And when you frame it that, like in that very explicit, specific way in the scene, you're like, oh, that's sweet. It's Marge doing this, like making this sacrifice for Lisa and Lisa recognizing it and realizing this is too much and it's not worth it, whatever my future may be. And you'd be like, oh, well, that's not a bad message. I'd be like, it wouldn't be a bad message if the rest of this episode was framed around building to that message. But it's not. It's built around a lot of weird, different, dissolute, disparate things that don't make any sense. Why does Mar like this started with Lisa seeing some Marge's some of Marge's good grades? Why is there is literally never not one time in this episode is there have been a discussion where Lisa goes, Mom, what happened? Why did what happened when you fell in love with, with dad? Why what shift what shift changed? You know, why are you a homemaker now? What happened? We never had like that would be a discussion that would be in that episode. You'd have Marge go, oh, well, I met your father and my priorities changed. And we had Bart and I went, you know, what's, mo what's the most important thing to me now? It's, it's like it's that kind of stuff. And you're like, you think and Marge could have literally say, hey, Lisa, I know you think you know what you want now when you're eight, but 
your life's going to change. And when your father told you, oh, you'll get distracted, he didn't really understand what that meant. He really meant is as you grow up, what you want changes, sometimes quickly, and life is about adjusting to those things. But they don't, they instead make it about Lisa going to a private school. And like they have jokes about, you know, solo teachers and and publishing and 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 what and like quiet and you know gags about being quiet at school like what does this have to do and marge being upset with that it gets entirely glossed over marge never processes any of those feelings it just gets dropped and you're like well what is this upset about we don't know it's just about it's just a bunch of stuff stuff happens it's not even over yet no, unfortunately, but thankfully, it's it's close to being over. Uh, we get Nelson and Bart as drinking buddies, and we also get, oh, Homer got Maggie the toy she wanted by essentially breaking into uh, the gas station because there's no glass, as was pointed out at the beginning of the episode, so he just went through all the boxes to find the one that she wanted. I, I Nelson and Bart are fake drunk by drinking juice boxes, man. Yeah, whatever. Are they? My, no, I'm, I'm. This is a real question. Man. Are they pretending to be drunk? Who knows? Uh, the important thing is, Matt. The episode is over. Thank goodness. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode incredibly stupidly broken? You always add all those qualifiers, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it's broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. Um, yeah, this episode's broken. It makes no sense from beginning to end. Um, if you stop to think about any of the things along the way, you're like, why did that happen? Why did the episode plot, why did the plot shift from here to here? Why is, what about this? What about that? We don't care. Uh, what is this? What is this episode? That's my first question about what is this episode? Well, they don't know. So why should we know? I mean, that's the thing. Like, what is, is it about? Is this Lisa not wanting to be a homemaker? We we already we've done that plot. <laughs> I I mean like and if you want to do it again, and you want to make it, you want to bring in Marge, right? You want to do it not just oh it's Lisa wanting to not be a homemaker. You want to make it well. Why did Marge become a homemaker? And I think that's the, really the angle that they're not wrong to have that angle. But I feel like you should focus more on on what I was talking about on Marge. Telling Lisa, like, and showing Lisa, you could have Lisa, you know, follow Marge around, or Marge just say, like, well, I, I became a, a, a homemaker for this reason or that reason. I, you know, and things change as your life goes on, and, you know, and anything. And not, and and Lisa could learn the amount of hard work that Marge puts in, but also the joy that it brings Marge. Like, we see Marge so much, right? She is that, like, that stereotype stereotypical homemaker stay at home mom thing. And she gets so much joy from I just potatoes. I just think they're neat. Like that kind of thing where she just finds joy in these very simple activities of, of making dinner for her family, for giving them lunches and, and, and notes in their, in their, and instead of focusing on how that stuff is empty and dumb, it, you could talk about how much, how much joy it brings people, how much happiness it brings people. I don't know, Matt. I don't. You don't necessarily may need to make that episode. You've made it a couple times already, but that's what you would do. I don't know. I don't know what this is. If you want to send Lisa to private school, you've done that too. Yeah, it's like all all of these have happened, but all of these 
plots have happened before in better episodes? Why rehash it if you can't bring something new to it? I don't know. That's, a, that's a, it's not hard to fix, really. It's just focus on the, like make it make like again. This just feels like a this feels like or a first or second draft that they did not revise. They just went. Uh, it feels like someone like meandered through this plot, wrote down stream of consciousness, what happens next, and then they wrote scenes around it. And they didn't try and revise it. They didn't try and no one. There was no one there sitting going like, "Why would they do that? Why did we go here? Let's go somewhere else instead and see what that's like." And maybe that's just they don't have time. They got to pump this stuff out. But that's what it feels like. Um, that's it for that. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments to the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I read what our patrons think from patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. Uh, what their thoughts are and feelings are about an episode. I'll leave your review there for any, anyone who supports us at any level. First from Tim. I like this episode better when it was called Moaning Lisa. 21 years go by and this isn't your life only makes about 21 days progress. A short intro gave me hope that was wasted by the scene at the gas station. I will say that I hadn't realized how much control the bullies have at Springfield Elementary. Did smile when Otto greeted the Academy's bus driver as bro, only to be told he wasn't his brother. Overall, while this had a couple of moments, it wasn't overtly offensive. It didn't really do it for me. So I wouldn't call it canon. And I'll slot it number 322 could be fixed by having Lisa be tempted by some of the challenges that March had endured and making a decision on it. But no, in that case, we couldn't have the extended gas station scene. There's, uh, there's multiple montages of this. They're just... Yeah. That gas station. And right at the beginning, too. Uh, from Derek. Well, fellow esteemed Simpsons writers, we've tried nothing. We're all out of ideas. How about we take some of those really great classics like Separate Vocations and Bart the General, put them in a blender, and they should create, and they should create pure gold. Oh, God. It looks like a scene from a slaughterhouse. Let's just try and write something re- rehashing old plots. Jeebus, this is even worse. Screw it. Just put it out anyway. So this is the fourth standard episode of the season. Each of them have been a Lisa episode. And dear God, is she a character who's been completely stripped of everything she once was, so going in, I'm already inclined not to, not to care. The episode is completely worthless. You just spend the entire duration as it meanders between the two plots, thinking of the better classics you could be watching instead. If anything, this Frankenstein's monster of an episode does provide a good point of comparison. Contrast, if you want to see the chasm in quality between old and new. Uh, from Towson. This episode leaves a bad taste in your mouth due to how mean-spirited it is. I've stayed before these late teen, early 20s episodes when I started watching the show, and they really show how one-sided Lisa's relationship with anyone is. When the family makes a sacrifice on behalf of Lisa, it's treated as something they just have to do. Marge herself called Bart a sociopath for having the audacity to be better than her at something, and here with this reverse, it comes across less as Lisa appreciating her mother's sacrifice, more Marge coming across as unreasonably passive-aggressive, and Lisa succumbing to her petty guilt trip and feeling sad. Don't mind the B-plot, at least it was better than the creepy allegory of domestic abuse. That was the ha-ha couple. I like, Derek I like Derek's Frankenstein's monster of an episode. I think it's spot on. From JJ. This one starts badly with the disconnected gas station scene, which felt like it went on forever. It gets interesting when the Lisa story kicks in, but they fail to stick the landing. We get so little time with Lisa at her new school because it was introduced so late. This should have been the whole episode. The ending is just depressing, as Lisa gives it up for Marge. I understand that the status quo needs to be reset, but Lisa's clearly unhappy. Their conflict isn't resolved. Lisa just lies to Marge to make her feel better and ends with Lisa appearing to resent her mother. Why would you end it like this? Conflict reminds me of Lisa's pony, as in both episodes, Lisa has something new that she loves, and one of her parents has to overwork themselves in order for her to keep it. Lisa gives up her pony because she loves Homer more, but it doesn't feel like Lisa gives up her new school because she loves Marge more. Instead, the ending is rushed, uncomfortable, and unsatisfying. B-plot is at least better, even if it's unoriginal. The episode has some laughs. How can anyone not enjoy the scene where Marge thinks Millhouse is Bart's bully? That's a perfect Marge moment. 
from Dara, we've had episodes that are good, but don't stick to landing. This is the reverse. First 15 minutes of the A-plot are boring with occasional attempts at humor. The last seven minutes were entertaining to me. Maybe if we skipped the entire setup and just had Lisa at the school from the start, it would have been a good to great episode. Instead, it just takes credit for being better than last week's Trails of Horror. Fourth best episode of season 22 with plans on going lower, I hope. Uh, finally from Joshua. I don't think it's a horrible setup for an episode. Yes, it's been done a few times before, but who cares at this point? My biggest issue with the episode is how they choose to chose to resolve it. I understand Lisa being sympathetic to Marge, but I really can't imagine Marge letting Lisa risk her future for her. It just doesn't feel emotionally believable, and rather the writer's getting stuck in a hole needing to find a way out. Four out of ten. The writer's getting stuck in a hole and needing to find a way out is basically like the standard ending of most of these episodes the past yeah. few years. It just feels they get to the end and they go, what do we need to do to make this stop? How do we get out of here? And that's what they do. They pull ripcord. That's it for Comments and News Group. Thank you, everyone, for writing a review, relieving uh, coherent thoughts. It can be difficult after watching these episodes. They're very testing at times. Uh, but I appreciate all of you, both for supporting the show and for leaving a review. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is the scariest moment, This your scariest moment in a Trails of Horror? Tons of great answers. Matt, take it away. All right. First up, uh, from Matt, uh, I always thought Bad Dreamhouse was creepy as a child with the voice and the color-changing walls. Even today, the animation is unsettling and the possible murderer as well. Whew, that's true. Uh, from Bradley, a tie between the great Babadook parody segment from season 34, it's unsettling to see Marge, the famous TV mom, trying to kill her one-year-old daughter, or the toy gory one, which was just... Wow. Yeah, some of the more recent ones have been a lot worse, honestly. Uh, from Everett, uh, when I was nine, my dad let me watch The Simpsons, so the first episode I watched was the first Trials of Four. I remember while watching Bad Dream House when the family was walking in circles with raised knives and axes. I ran out to my dad saying that it was scary, but he reassured me, and of course, they didn't kill each other. That's true. That first Trials of Horror had some, some weird stuff. Uh, from Derek. This is a weird answer because there are more obviously scary moments in Trials of Horror. But you know that the way that there's really off-kilter tone to every segment, the kind of matter-of-fact, uncaring feel toward the bleak endings of a lot of them. That really got to me a lot when I would watch Homer Cubed as a kid. Uh, the ending of him being stuck in our world where he didn't belong, all frightened and alone, and the family would never see him again. It really made me feel uncomfortable, sad, and the strangeness of the whole segment was just scary in a way that affected me more profoundly than the others. Wish I could experience those early Trials of Horrors again for the first time. Although, to be fair, you probably wouldn't be as scared this time as, you're, as an adult. You know, there are much worse things, like existential dread. <laughs> uh, from Dara, aside from having to be in a rocket with Harm Arnold and Rosie O'Donnell, I'll go with Ned Flanders controlling the world in time and punishment, mainly because the way the country is going, that may be a reality soon. Oh, that's just, that's sadly accurate. I hate it. Uh, from Tim, uh, I wasn't sure how to answer this, as I don't truly get spooked by the Treehouse of Horrors, but the idea of being locked and with Tom Hall and Rosie O'Donnell, yes, that would make me question my life's decisions. Thank you, Patreon collaboration. Wow. Two in a row. That's that's impressive. <laughs> All right. From Aaron, I'm going off the board with my pick. A few years ago, when you guys did the new episode review for Thanksgiving of Horror, you said it would be ranked with trios of horror episodes when you finally get to it on the weekly show. So I'm picking the first sketch, A Gobble... A gobble-lipto as the scariest thing we've ever done. While the title is terrible, the story itself was surprisingly brilliant. It had me on the edge the entire time. Yeah, that was that was pretty messed up. 
Uh, let's see from Joshua. When I was a kid, I remember being really creeped out by the spinning Maggie head in Bad Dream House. But that was probably due to my friend saying it was the Exorcist reference, which sent me down a rabbit hole that I was way too young for. As an adult, I'd probably say the end of Toy Gory, where Bart is turned into a toy, is pretty scary when you think of the details. Uh, from uh, at the Andrew block, there's one scene from the Bad Dream House of the original Treehouse of Horror that always gives me the willies. When the house manipulates the various members of the Simpson family to stalk one another with knives and bellows, die, die, everybody die. It's creepy as all hell. Man, Bad Dream House is getting a lot of it. Uh, from Matt Brave, new Willie appeared in the dreams. Not knowing the Nightmare on Elm Street films, this was the first media that gave me the idea of being murdered in a dream and dying in real life. <laughs> uh, from at Gretschnack. Sorry, Gretschnack. Yeah, Gretschnack. Uh, the episode where Snake's hair takes over Homer. I had sort of a Mandela effect with this because I distinctly remember Dr. Nick visibly cutting open Homer's skull, but it's just hinted at. Still, just the thought always gives me shivers, and the mind control aspect itself is very scary. And finally from Brian, uh, the treehouse of horror moment I find scariest is the entire segment of the Puka Duke. This segment does not try to be funny. The only jokes I recall were them essentially mocking the teen seasons with Homer. I actually fear for Maggie's life as a possessed Marge chases after her with a chef's knife. This is an actually suspenseful, but somehow bloodless, an absolutely amazing statement in one of the best treehouse of horrors. Keep up the good work, and I'm sorry for season 22. Robbie, what is your answer? Um, I'm going to pick uh, one from a more... Uh, recent dress of horror uh just to not you know i i i was young when i watched a lot of the early dress of horrors like a lot of our listeners so you know those ones probably had stuck in my mind a lot but uh mm homer from season 29 from trust of horror 28 uh where homer is uh like a ghoul and ends up eating his own flesh is really unsettling to me uh, body horror and things like it are the is the stuff that still gets to me a lot of the time. Like, obviously, I write horror novels and watch a lot of horror movies and read a lot of horror, so it doesn't. I've got to desensitize, but you know, it's not really. They don't. It's not like a jokey. It's just unsettling. It's just you're watching a man eat himself, and it's very very realistic. It's not a cart. It's not cartoonish. Uh, and it actually is, it's, I think about it a lot when I'm, we're talking about Trust of Horrors. It, it, it is very effective in what it is. Uh, Matt, what's your answer? I'm going to have to go with the Puka Duke like a lot of the other people. That one was just downright disturbing. Like, obviously, when I was a kid, Bad Dream House, I mean, when Bad Dream House came out, that was season two. So I would have been seven uh, when I first thought I was probably between seven and ten. And that one was on the creepier end. Like, something about it just it makes it. Uh, eerie to you but as an adult the puka duke is way worse like the idea of just marge trying to kill her daughter uh and like someone said uh there is no laughter there it's it's not meant to be funny at all it's it's horrific honestly i don't like it <laughs> but i do at the same time because it's good horror right it's kind of horror that really sticks with you yeah it works and i think that's i, I like uh, to be fair like they've had a pretty good run uh, lately of some of Trails of Horror stuff. Uh, so, and even the, the Trails of Horror episode that wasn't, that was uh, just the Stephen King's It, right? It was just, they did two hall, they did two Trails of Horror episodes effectively this past season, uh, w- which I really liked. It was nice having two of them and having one just be a whole 20 plus minutes of just one story. It's really good. I, I hope they can, they, that experimentation, I hope they just keep pushing it and keep doing stuff like that. Next week's question, what is your favorite Millhouse gag? Favorite gag involving Millhouse? He doesn't have to be necessarily, like the, the joke in this episode about Millhouse being the bully. That's a perfect example. Millhouse does not have to be present. 
uh, for the gag to be your favorite. But also, he can be, if that's what you want. Um, that's next week's question. I'll post on social, all our social media on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com or uh, find the question on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Again, I post the question publicly. You can answer without being uh, a supporter. Next up, Matt, it's time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I I have a lead so far this season. Four, mm-hmm. Four-point lead. And I need to not just... I can't be happy with maintaining it, Matt. <laughs> I have to broaden that lead. I need to double... If we Once I hit double digits, that's when I start playing uh, prevent defense, um, turtling mm-hmm. up a little bit, you know... I think I can try and coast to the end. Try and, you know, get, I need to, for doing, running the marathon, I need to get a huge pad because you're always going to make a big surge at the end. That's how you work. Um, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. In Moaning Lisa, Lisa meets what jazz man? That'd be Bleeding Gums Murphy. That is correct. All right. Your easy question. In The Way We Was, what sometimes guest star uh or guest character is on the debate team with marge oh uh that'd be uh Artie. you are correct mr Artie ziff he's always a guest character to be fair Matt, when he appears mm-hmm. okay fair fair yeah. your meaning question what is the name of the game that homer and bart battle in oh the boxing game <sighs> hmm um is it is it punch fest Close, but no cigar, Matthew. Oh, dang. Slugfest. Slugfest. Dang it. Okay. Fair, fair. All right. Your medium question. According to Marge, how much would it cost to hire someone to do the job of a housewife in whatever year this happens to be? (laughs) I think it's 77. I could be wrong. It changes uh, depending on the context. Um, Uh $26,000. $48,000 $48,000 in 70s money. That was big money. I was going to say, that's a lot of, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't necessarily disagree with Marge, but I was trying, I was trying to keep the number low because it was like 70s money. And I, you know, with inflation, $26,000 in 70s money is still pretty good. Um, 48000 Okay. Your hard question, Matthew. What song pulls Lisa to Bleeding Gums? What song is Bleeding Gums playing that attracts Lisa's attention for the first time? Oh, I think you've asked this before. I probably have. Um, this is probably wrong, but I want to say it's something like the Broken Mouth Blues. Uh, that is wrong, Matt. I'm sorry. It is, <sighs> I Never Had an Italian Suit Blues. Oh, that, yes, that's right. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, your hard question. Mm-hmm. When Homer and Marge were in high school, where and when was detention? Oh. <sighs> I, they, you know the you know the time and place, Simpson or something. He says something mm-hmm. like that, and he's like, and it's like, yeah, I do. Then it's like time, and then room something. I'll say three three fifteen room two o five. You're, you're close, but not really that close. Uh, it is three o'clock, old building room one o six. Old building one o six, right? That's like that's such a good detail, right? Old, All those little things. Old building room one hundred and six, because that's like every like I my high school 
you there was the you know there's there's the different build there's like there's the round building that's newer than the old building that's newer <laughs> than that's newer than this building and you're like there's you always had to like be specific it's like really nice little touch well we're even today Matt I'm still at so I'm gonna declare it a victory I'll feel better I feel better just thinking of it you have to reframe the things in your mind right mm-hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. <sighs> Boy, this is just kind of not good. Um, I don't know. It's not terrible. It's just very kind of it kind of bland and dumb and kind of full of nonsense. And there's like t- moments here and there where you go, ah, okay. But then everything else is just surrounded by people carrying the idiot ball of things not making any sense. Like, why does this character do this? What is this episode about? Everything's all muddled. Um, I think this is worse than Gone Maggie Gone. I think this is worse. So it's that's a number that's even four hundred, Matt. Okay. I think on that, I'd what rather was judge me tender. Is that the Mo episode? I don't know. Fair. We just watched it probably like a month ago, and I've already forgotten. Um, it's the American Idol one, yeah, with Mo. Okay. Yeah. Um. And we might. This might be it. It might just might be. I because th- I think this is better than Judge Me Tender, just by just a smidge. Yeah, but I think it's it, worse. Than, I would rather. Stupid. I think I'd rather watch Gone Maggie Gone. I think its stupidity is slightly more entertaining than this. This stupidity in this episode, but I think Judge Be Tender is a little too stupid for this. Um, I think that's the spot. That's where I would put it. Any... Fair enough. I'm I'm good with that. Okay. Like I, it's not as bad as all the ones below it, but it's still pretty bad. I was gonna say like it's in this area, and I do think like all these episodes above it are some in some cases are stupider. Don't get me wrong, but they are stupider in a more entertaining way. And that is where we're at, where we have to judge things on the uh, it's bad, but good kind of thing where it's like it's worse, but also better because it's so crazy. Like the skull, like that's what I'm starting to look back at the skull years with like, like maybe I was maybe I should have appreciated them while I had them because they were at least somewhat entertaining, even if they didn't make any sense. But that's Lisa Simpson. This isn't your life. That's a new number four oh one on our best episode ever list. Right below Gone Maggie Gone. Right above Judge Me Tender. New number two oh eight on our post Golden Years ranking. Um, we're almost done, but we're not done because we have one more thing to do. One more question to answer, and that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! <laughs> There's no, there's no reason. There's nothing. There's no reason to keep this. Nothing in this. That's nope. Nothing no, at all. Nothing at all. Fire the cannon. <laughs> goodbye, 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 Lisa Simpson. This isn't your life. Um, and with that title too, I was like expecting flashbacks. I was expecting, like, I was thinking of this as your life, like that show. And I was thinking of wouldn't, wouldn't, like, I was thinking there would be this would be dressed up a little bit. But instead, it's so like bland. 
Um, we are going to ask the same question about every episode on our list, working our way down from the top, eventually getting everything categorized. And we're at number 140, Matthew. Like father, like clown. Oh, yes, please. Crusty the Crown and existential angst over his father disapproving of him. Yes, please. Yeah, it's good. Season three, it's one of those, like, I don't know, foundational episodes of The Simpsons. Like, that, where you go, they establish the supporting cast as real characters, as real people. Like, they're not just jokes. Like, Krusty, like Father, like Clown is one of the reasons that we think of Krusty the way we do and did for many years is because it has kind of established part of the lore of Krusty. World building, the best kind of world building. So, yes, it stays. Of course it stays. Um, you can find everything on, on on this, including this list, on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to this list, our RSS feed, our Twitter, our Patreon, everything. If you want to help out the show, Patreon is obviously very useful. Next week's episode, Matt. The Full Monty. In this episode, Bart finds Mr. Burns lying in the forest and takes him home. While Homer decides to get revenge. I don't know what that means. Interesting. Okay. This is a, I have, a, it's a Burns episode. Um, I, I think the, the whole town hates Burns and Bart is like trying to protect him or something. I don't know. This is very strange. We'll read, we'll watch it next week. I'm not even trying. I'll judge it when I actually watch the episode. We'll see uh, how it goes. Probably won't be great, but maybe it will be. It involves vaccines. So I'm sure it'll be real good. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> That's the next time. You guys can watch along with us if you'd like. Join our Patreon and leave your own review. Um, you can find me online. Uh, on Ro- at, my name is Robbie Dorman. I'm everywhere on social media. It's always Robbie Dorman. Um, my new book is called War on Humanity. It is the sequel to War on Halloween. Uh, War on Halloween. If you, are, if you are hearing this, literally the day it comes out, War on Halloween is for sale for 99 cents uh, on the Kindle right now. Go get yourself a really uh, cheap copy of War on Halloween. Read it, and then you can get yourself caught up for War on Humanity out now. If you have read War on Halloween, go get War on Humanity. I think it's great. Really good, uh, accessible story that has a lot of... It's a love letter to a lot of things I love in science fiction and horror. Um, I think you'll like it a lot. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I spend all my time taking care of kittens, which I have to do as soon as I'm out of here. Uh, you can see these adorable little mess makers at Kitten Turns on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. Eventually they will earn their ties, but at the moment they're still figuring out where to poop. And it is, oh boy, hopefully the rest of you did better in your internships. Let's just put it that way. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you. Why does this up? Shh.